This is the Team Lotus Cares podcast. We connect with business owners and managers to protect your business from cyber attackers while providing business clarity empowered by technology. You can make technology for your business more productive, secure, and simple. Now, here is Maria and Curtis. Hello, Maria. How are you doing? Fantastic, Curtis. How are you? Doing well, doing well. We've moved through election season and seem to survive it. And now we're uh, back into uh, focusing on, well, now we're focusing on the holidays. So, and we've been focusing on something different. The FTC safeguard rule as the deadline looms over the number of uh, companies' heads over the next few weeks. Yep. Lots of questions, lots of inquiries coming through. Yeah. I've seen that. And um, if folks aren't familiar, the Federal Trade Commission has what they call a safeguard rule. This actually went into effect like 20 years ago, but it's been further enhanced to make it more modern and in meaning more modern, protecting consumers in today's environment. So it's been expanded to include just about anybody that handles personal financial data. So think if you're a car dealer, a tax preparer, anybody along those lines uh, are affected by this and covered by it and need to get compliant by December 9th. Right. So other um, institutions um, kind of covered the same area of compliancy. Um, If you have anything to do with financial data, financing and sorts, um, along the lines of, you know, somebody walking through your front door or you have a retail credit card or you need to finance some type of loan for a purchase. Could be a home, could be an auto. So many other industries have been um, had these regulations in place and they've been mandated. And in, in, um, so that's kind of old news for them. But industries that have not been um, regulated are now being mandated. You need to do this by December 9th. Absolutely. And, and it's, it's catching a lot of businesses off guard. This happened quickly. This has not been a couple of year run up or anything. This has been a few months run up. And so companies have been trying to mobilize, you know, like ours to get people educated on it and, and see how we can get them into compliance. One of the things I wanted to, to focus on, there are really five different things you need to focus on when it comes to meeting the safeguard rule. But one of the most important is the uh, re- requirement of a third-party audit and that your network be scanned looking for potential holes, problems, things like that. We prefer to do a penetration test as as the scan. And um, we already have been doing them internally for some time so that we're third-party third party audited. So we're very experienced in it. We know how they look. And what what needs to be done to make uh, your network nice and tight and safe, yeah, you know, you know, as fitting with the safeguard rule, of course. But um, but again, you know, it's it it's probably one of the most important parts. And the great thing is, now they can be automated. You know, it's it's really um, I think out of sight, out of mind, and time goes by. Um, people get surprised on what these little compliance areas need to be. Um, think about a fire drill. If you don't go through a fire drill, sometimes you just, you know, you oversee things, you get flustered in a type of emergency and you have no idea what to do next. You know, I think um, there's a lot of examples out there of, you know, horrific um, stories of, you know, oh, everything's fine. And if people just get complacent or they're just, you know, out of sight, out of mind, and then the emergency happens and they're like, 
why didn't anybody ever look at this? Yeah. When was the last time we had this conversation? Where is the plan? Has it been in writing? Where is that? You know, where is this? Where is that? And nothing happens. Hurricane Katrina was a good example of that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they didn't have much of a plan. And there actually is a documentary about um, the fact that there were a couple of hospitals that were severely affected by Hurricane Katrina. And they didn't have a plan. They had no game plan no. whatsoever. And the emergency um, uh, plans that they thought they had... They were like, wow, when was the last time we actually implemented anything like that? Yeah. I mean, going into a helicopter p pad that no one's gone, you know, got up there over 10 years. And yeah. all of a sudden you're like, you have no choice. They tested it by just walking around on it to see yeah. if it. And I assume this documentary was, not, it wasn't a documentary, it was a drama. So I can't say it was a documentary. But I can assume that there was a lot of truth to what they said in that uh, uh, miniseries. If you have an opportunity to watch it, it. It's an eye-opener about being prepared, not just for natural disasters such as Hurricane Katrina, but anything as far as that goes. So we can't stress enough, one of the most probably difficult parts of the safeguard rule is going to be that third-party audit because it kind of says it in the title, you can't self-audit yourself. It needs to be a third party. We fresh eyes. Fresh eyes. Fresh eyes. Yep. You can't check your own work. You know, if you've ever written a really important proposal or or maybe a marketing piece, you definitely have handed it to one of your coworkers or a family member. Look it over. Yeah, please just put another set of eyes on this for me. So. It's it's a good checking point um, to be able to have formulate a plan once you take a look at it and says like, okay, this area is not as strong as what we thought, um, or this is not existing whatsoever, or we thought that that was compliant. You know, that what I hear a lot you know, and going through this is that, Hey, it's in the cloud. I'm good. Yeah. We, do, we have heard that a lot in recent conversations and that doesn't negate you from your responsibility. No. You do hand over some risk to cloud providers, but that's only in your understanding of handing over that risk. You still own the risk. They're just sharing in the risk. So you're not, I shouldn't say handle. That's even a bad word in this instance. You're sharing the risk with them. You're helping, they're helping you burden the, the risk, but you need to, again, make sure that the, they are doing it and, uh, and, and periodically checking on that as well. So do we want to dive into China and the fact that they have been spoofing the identity of more than 400 brands for what we now know is many years. This is a Chinese threat actor. Um, I'm going to try and say the name of this organization, Fang Zhao, I think, is, I'm, I'm taking it. That's how I would say it. There you go. <laughs> well, good. We're in agreement. But they have, a, they have, over the past five years, created 42,000 unique domains. It's an interesting study in how what they've done is they spoof companies such as Noor, which, if you don't know who Noor is, those are the people that make soup. Which, yeah, that one commercial comes to mind where that little boy is sick and they're given um, chicken noodle soup. Nor, you know, Gnor is the company that made that yeah. um, in, to make him feel better. McDonald's is another one. Coca-Cola, those big ones I could see. Nor, that one kind of caught me off guard. Emirates. Emirates is very big in marketing. And um, so they have targeted them as well. And what they do is it's, you know, we've talked about this before. 
these attackers are not just looking for one source of income. They're like everybody else. You know, you're, you're working a day job and then maybe you're Ubering for a couple hours in the evening. Well, that's how these guys work as well. These guys and gals are having multiple streams of income. So what they would do is they trick victims into not only visiting these fake websites, but then spreading their campaign via WhatsApp. So they are essentially turning their victims into marketing vehicles. Yep. And then from there, they continue to fish them, uh, work them through a series of websites that are owned by their advertising agencies. So they're making a little bit of money with you visiting each site being exposed to advertising. And then ultimately, they treat you to a nice uh, gift of either some malware. Yeah. Either some malware or some sort of card imposter scam. So they, they, a lack of a better term, they have a funnel. They're working it through a sales funnel. So it's important, once again, to just be very, very careful. If you want to go to the McDonald's website, download the McDonald's app, whatever the case may be, make sure you're doing it in a safe manner. Go to open your browser and go to McDonald's.com or go to your app store and search for McDonald's and be very sure you're getting the app published by McDonald's. You know, and they, they mentioned WhatsApp, but I know I've seen it on Facebook, which is the same marketing um, ploy, yeah. let's just call it. Um, and, and you're, you know, making a comment and all of a sudden you get this, you know, automated, you know, little comment that says, hey, you won, you were such and such winner, whatever. And so in the thread goes from there and they start yep. extracting information from you little by little. Absolutely. They'll um, post fate links. So one of the ones I've ran into recently is if you're posting about a local high school football game, you'll within moments get a post that says, hey, if you want to watch the game, click here. Mm -hmm. And of course, that's taking you then into, you know, a, a spiral of all sorts of malware and misdirected websites and things like that. So, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, something else to be on the lookout for. Well, you need to be on the lookout for this years ago. And I think we've been kind of becoming more accustomed to it and also understanding how it works. But Google has just agreed to a $391 million plus million dollar settlement with 40 states to resolve an investigation into how the company tracked user locations. Uh, several states' attorneys, again, 40 states' attorneys, generals, announced this uh, just this week. Now, this all started from a 2018 Associated Press story that found that Google were, was tracking people's location data even after people opted out of such tracking by disabling a feature the company called Location History. So it was kind of interesting the way Google did this. You could turn off location history so you couldn't see where you've been, but Google could still see where you've been, and they were sharing that with advertisers. And by the way, this is an historic win for consumers. It is the largest multi-state settlement in U.S. history that has dealt with privacy. So this, uh, you know, you think back to 2018, we were still pretty we were, let's put it this way, we're, the innocence was coming off of our eyes like scales. We were beginning to see, wait a minute, these big tech companies aren't giving us these really cool services for nothing. 
Yeah. I mean, the bottom line is, and this is why we do what we do, is that there still has to be a certain level of caution. Yes. There's, you know, you still have to, you, you should um, do your own research. Um, I guess identify the um, those people that are that are able to help you, those trusted um, people, you know, providers or um, experts in the field, and which is why we're here. And I may have told this story. We have a, a neighborhood near us that's uh, just getting started, I, and it, it's called Sunbridge. If anybody's in the Central Florida area, you may have heard of Sunbridge. Ultimately, going to be a massive community. Might maybe along the lines of a, another villages potentially. Uh, they've got a lot of room out there. Well, uh, an organization, not necessarily Sunbridge, but somebody has started a Sunbridge app that you can uh, download and get community news, find out what's happening around the village of, uh, you know, Sunbridge and the different neighborhoods. But number one, you have to give them your email address and sign up. And uh, I said, nope, I, I can't do it. I cannot give one more organization my email address for what seems to be very little return. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, de- I declined. I did not, I da- deleted the app and that was the end of that. So I, I, I'm, you know, people are becoming more sensitive to this. I, in the past have not been so sensitive, but I've been becoming more sensitive and, and I, yeah, I would have given my junk email address, you know, my throwaway email address, but again, I, I, you know, I just, I, I'm, I'm taking a stand. There are just certain things. I don't need to give up my email address just so I can and have this information. And again, I would have given him a junk one anyway. So, but, but, uh, yeah, it, it, so I'm glad that this has come about and that, uh, you know, Google's mining the, their P's and Q's a bit more. I still think when, uh, I still, they haven't said it for many, many years, but the initial things that Google were, was saying, their initial statement was do no evil, I think was their original. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all laugh now. Now you hear Google and it's not synonymous to that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I think that sums up this week. Um, stick with us. I think we're probably going to continue to be talking about different elements of the safeguard rule. And one last thing I wanted to mention about the safeguard rule. Even if you aren't covered by this, There is nothing in the safeguard rule that I would say is um, out of the ordinary or or beyond normal, meaning anything that's in that is pretty valid. As an IT person, as somebody that spent many years in IT security, cybersecurity, I can tell you all five of those things that are points within that safeguard rule are really something that every business should be doing, whether or not right. you're regulated or not. It's right. just good responsibility. I have not worked with companies before because I was not comfortable with their data management. Right, right. So the, um, you could give that same information to someone else that you can trust a little bit, um, and but then, you know, companies that are new and, I mean, think about it. We walk into a dealership and we're purchasing um, a, a vehicle and, you're giving them everything except for your firstborn. Yeah. You know, so these are not. Um, well, you, you got to give me your firstborn when you get that first tank of gas. Well, that's true. <laughs> and the insurance that goes attached to that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the, none of it, the, the mandate's not asking for anything out of the ordinary. Uh, right. Many other organizations are doing it. They're pretty simple task. And just because you have a checklist or just because, you, you know, this, you've 
you've gotten, you know, you think that you know everything. If you haven't implemented, it goes nowhere. You're still going to be um, audited um, after your first warning. And then there are potential fines that go along with that. And if you continue to ignore that, they will be prepared to imprison you. Check out the show notes. We're going to have, we have an ongoing webinar series around this. And I believe we have an on-demand webinar as well. So we'll put the uh, information in the show notes. And then also in the show notes, you can sign up for Maria's weekly cybersecurity tips. And it's easy enough to do. Just go to weeklycybersecuritytips.com. We've just spent the last little bit talking about don't give away your email address or allow yourself to be tracked. But we promise you this is the only thing we use this email address for. We don't sell it to third parties. We don't share it. It is only used to send these to you every Wednesday morning. And they come directly from Maria. And you can actually hit the reply button in your email program and ask a question as well. It's it's a two-way conversation. Well, thank you, everybody. Thank you much. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Team Lotus Cares podcast. This is a free service of Lotus Management Services, business clarity empowered by technology. Visit us on the web at lotusbusinesstech.com.